ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Van Ultra Podcast, and I'm your host, Kenneth Kirk. And I'm Elijah. And yo, man, we have a very special guest today. We have someone who I've been following his work. I believe it was last year I first tapped into his brand, and I was first just like kind of just blown away from the intricate details of his pieces and thus far the visuals for all of his pieces that he's been able to put together as well when it comes to a particular piece as well as collections and he's been doing his thing man he's been killing and recently he just dropped these super fire super fire sweater vests mm-hmm. that are just you know chef's kiss super colorful mm-hmm. very well done and so with all that being said i would like to have my guest introduce himself what's good everyone my name is chris jackson um and i'm the founder and creative director of Shayrian. Perfect. Tough, perfect. Tough. You know, what's funny is I actually saw your um your campaign video on TikTok like weeks ago, and I remember thinking like, oh yeah, like, these these are fire. Like, this is sick. And now we're talking, and now he booked you for the interview. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Cool. <laughs> Full circle stuff, man. So tell us, uh, where are you from originally? So I'm originally from Media, Pennsylvania, which is pretty much like a small town, um, right outside the Philly area, like a 30 minute drive outside. So mm-hmm. Grew up there, super chill, like small town vibes, fun childhood, always outside and everything. Um, and then once I got to like middle school, that's when I started like going into the city more, uh, which we can get into. But yeah, that's where I'm from, media. Perfect. Now, now for you growing up, what were some of your early interests just growing up? Yeah, so like going all the way back, the first interest I can really pinpoint would just be drumming. Um, Got into playing the drums at the age of four. Um, got like a little toy drum for Christmas from my parents and just could never mm-hmm. stop playing. So that was that was a big part of my childhood. Um, went on to like start drumming in church around like age eight, uh, which was great. Just like constantly performing, getting that experience. Um, and then I ended up doing a lot of like competitive drumline, um, marching band type of stuff throughout high school and into college. So drumming was kind of always a big part of my life um but the other main hobby i would say growing up was definitely skateboarding um, always been huge yeah, for yeah. me i still skate to this day i have a ton of homies that's like where i met some of my closest homies um but yeah i started around the age of eight it was like my eighth birthday actually and my dad brought me to the local skate shop um he was like yo pick out whatever board you want they helped me get a setup like you know mm-hmm. all, 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 the, all the essentials so yeah from there like just got into it ended up going to like woodward camp and like meeting a bunch of cool cool homies and that definitely had a huge uh influence on just like you know who i became bro you went to woodward dog you went to woodward Woodward, that's where it's at man crazy hell yeah bro (laughs) i used to love that did you ever watch that show Woodward, no. Can't Woodward. Uh, it's just yeah. a, do you know? Are you familiar with what it is? Go there. And it's just like skate parks, trampolines, yeah. min, oh, mega ramps. Just like do whatever you want to do, dude. I wanted to go so bad, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, they had like Damn. a show on this um on this TV channel called Fuel TV back in the day. Fuel TV. And there's like um there's like a hey, yeah <laughs> there's like a um like I don't know if you guys are familiar like with Illegal Civilization. There's a I don't know if you still watch them, but Alex Midler. Okay, he was like yeah. super good. I think he was for like Nike and stuff. He was like a little kid on that show and he was ripping, dude. Damn. He was like this little like four foot kid doing like back threes down like eight blocks. Like it was crazy. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Midler yes. and Zion. I'm really right. jealous. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was dope. Oh man. shit, it was Zion too. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what would just say? Wow, you're lucky. That's like that's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, and so, what were your cool. um, what was your like first? Yeah. What was your first like introduction into fashion? Um, just growing up, like when did you first? When, when would you say you were first like exposed to it? I would say. Yeah, for sure. I would say, um. For me, it definitely started out mainly with like the skate stuff. Um, so like I was never, I never knew about a ton of like the more like fashion, fashion brands. It was always like DGK, DC, Supra, um, Primitive, Diamond Supply, you know, like coming out of like elementary school for me into like middle school. When I really started mm-hmm. kind of taking my own style a little more seriously, just like looking at what my favorite skaters were wearing. Um, but even like local skaters as well, like just being at the skate park or like around like in Philly and stuff and just seeing what guys were wearing definitely was always inspiring to me. Um, I just, there was something so raw about it that like at a young age, I would like, I remember like I I like started making YouTube videos when I was real young and I would just like walk through my gear, my skate shoes, my board and everything. So it's like, um, I think it was definitely skating had the biggest influence from an early age. Um, and then, like, yeah, once I got to, like, Woodward, it was, like, even heightened more. Like, that's when I got exposed to brands like Supreme, Palace, you know, being, like, 12 or 13, guys would be, like, trading Supreme hats at camp, all the different, like, patterns, like, five-panel camp hats. Um, and then, like, with all the Palace gear coming in fresh every year to camp. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely yeah. uh, had, like, a, a big impact on the trajectory. But then, like, I wouldn't say then through high school, I was more in my kind of drumming world, marching band stuff, got, like, to a very high level of that. Um, wasn't as involved in the skate community, like, through my teens. Um, and then, you know, getting into college, once I got to Philly, that's where I really started to become more exposed to some of the brands that I love today and um, really started to find my style. So, where, where? And so when it comes to your, like, just family, like, close family, um, was there anybody specifically who um, was very into fashion or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so none of my family is, like, huge into, like, fashion, fashion, but there's definitely some people that can really dress and, you know, they know how to really put it on. Um, I would say, first, my grandfather, my pop-up on my mom's side, like, he's just always going to step out in the fit. Um just my whole life, I could just remember him having like fly like Air Force Ones, but then having like the button up with it matching or like, you know, just the way his clothes fit. He's always just well presented. There's never going to be a wrinkle in his clothes. So I think seeing that growing up um, definitely had a great impact on me. Um, my mom as well. Like she she knows a lot about fashion. She reads about fashion. She watches the shows. Um, but like she doesn't really invest in, you know, those luxury pieces or anything herself. Um, she's definitely more conserved, but she loves right. thrifting. Like she exposed me to thrifting at a young age, being probably like 13, take her taking me to the thrift shops. I'm like, yo, like, look at all this, there's brands in here and different stuff. I didn't know you could you know, get this stuff like this, but, um, and then also like, she was always like growing up, even when I was probably like five six seven like she it was like an ebay seller um you know selling different shoes like her shoes kind of buying shoes like she had an extensive closet of like just different shoes none of it's like design or anything i mean sometimes she finds like a steal but 
Um, she just loves right. clothing and shoes for the true style and, you know, the way it makes her feel when she gets dressed. So definitely was always inspired kind of seeing her, you know, dress, but then also like that business side where she would like, you know, sell, take her product photos for eBay, right. um, you know, shipping out orders to her customers, I think. Um, me kind of watching her do all that definitely had a, a impact as well. And then finally, my aunt as well, she owned like a plus size fashion boutique. Um, when I was about eight years old and yeah, I watched her like launch that, get all the inventory and get the product, you know, really assort what she wanted in the store and then would go in there every once in a while, see her interact with customers. And I think that had a great impact as well on just like, you know, just being inspired and seeing what, uh, you know, what people are capable of. So. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah that's, that's sick, man. Um, did you go to school for fashion at all? Mm-hmm. And where, and you said you went to f- school in Philly. And was yeah. Yeah. Philly? Yeah. So I went to Temple University in Philly. Um, wasn't for fashion. I studied entrepreneurship and innovation management. Um, and I had a marketing minor so, as you know, well. So business, kinda, you feel me? Relatable. <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. I think I think for me, the biggest thing is like, I always would see, I always kind of felt like school and like kind of institutionalizing things sometimes can suck the passion out of it a little bit. You know, you're required to do all these assignments. You, you got teachers breathing down your neck, et cetera. I know so many people who are passionate about certain things and then they went to school for it and almost like hated it, you know? So for me, I was like, all right, business is like the end of the day, that's something you're going to have to do your work. You're going to have to learn finance. You have to learn about accounting, et cetera. Um, It felt like something that's good for school that I can just kind of, it's going to be whatever. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to put the work in. Um, But I didn't want to take something I was really passionate about and kind of, suck that fun out of it and that freedom out of it i would say so right i will say that's um, oh yeah go ahead yeah no, that's really interesting that you say that because um you know like listening to like your background it's funny because i also like was a drummer in high school and okay. i um yeah i played for a long time but i went to like a school for like um kids gifted in the arts and like after i was finished with that like i haven't picked up a drumstick at all because it just like ruined my entire experience you know just being told what to play all day like never being able to like experience an experience but like you know just play different music or like you know just do other stuff so like yeah it's just funny that like you and same thing with like college like i went to school for fashion and and luckily for me like it didn't ruin my love for for fashion but it's funny that you you mentioned that like going to school for some stuff like takes the fun and like the excitement out of it because you're just like you're you know combining it with like work and like like fuck like i don't want to do this homework and then it just like sucks all the fun out of it so it's just funny that you know you mentioned that because that's the exact thing that happened to me with music yeah i feel yeah i've had some music friends that incredible musicians and then just like you know they just can't stand playing their instruments so but I, I guess it's different for everyone, too. Some people kind of thrive in that environment of school. I was never, like, a huge school person. You know, I did it. It was helpful for me. But I was always kind of doing my own thing. Um, I will say, in terms of, like, more of a kind of fashion-based education, I just wrapped up an entry-level, like, program at The Gap. Uh, so I'm working in their headquarters up in New York. Um, and that was basically, like, a nine-month uh, retail immersion that was super helpful just really like 
taught me a lot about what goes on behind the scenes at a major company like that um, from an operational standpoint, but then also just understanding product, what how a product is made, working with design, production, inventory strategy. Um, so I think that's the most formal of kind of like a retail product uh, education I've gotten. And then um, recently, actually starting on Monday, I'll actually be pretty much running the Gap Boys Woven business. So um, all like the denim, um, outerwear, um, swim, woven tops, yeah. woven bottoms. I'll pretty much be driving all the key decisions behind that business. So I'm really excited to get into that as well. well. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yo, congrats, man. That's what's up. Of course. Thank man. you, man. Um, so I want to get into your brand, right? Um, the name. How did you come up with the name for the brand? Like, I'm really curious to see how that you know, backstory came about. Yeah, for sure. So it's almost, I'm going to try not to make this too long. Uh, definitely goes back a little bit, but um, back when I was probably about nine years old, um, my mom and I, we started like a little YouTube channel and it was called uh-huh. Shay Jackson. Um, and which basically in French means at the home of the Jacksons. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just us like in the kitchen, like cooking little meals. Like we would just cook different, like, whatever dishes and together and like my mom would be kind of leading i would be there helping her out but um it's cute as hell bro <laughs> yeah you already know <laughs> love the mom. but um going forward then like i pretty much took it we kind of stopped doing it after like a year and then i kind of took that same channel over and just started posting all like my skate videos on there um and then when <laughs> I, when I, yes. <laughs> That's funny yeah, as hell. You go from hanging with mom to yeah. bro, I, bro, I, I had to archive all the videos. You know, I was trying to get yeah. all cool and everything. I was like, yo. But yeah, um pretty much took the account over, but then like just kept the name Shay Jackson. I was like, whatever, we already have the channel. Um and so then I got to Woodward Camp and I had built like a little bit of a community, like people I would comment on their videos, they would comment on mine, etc got to Woodward um, and like some dude who he's a dope, he's a really dope skater now. His name's Connor Noel. But um, yeah, he was like, oh, are you Chez from YouTube? And I was just like, um, "It's that's not my name. My name's Chris, but like, yeah, that's my YouTube, my YouTube page is Shay Jackson. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna just call you Chez. And then like, from there, that name just kind of like spread. Like everybody started calling me that. Then it kind of, my homie that was at camp with me brought it back to my high school. And so like all yeah. throughout high school, middle school, everyone would call me Chez. And I was They're like, whatever. They house, bro. They exactly. house. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever. Like, it's cool. Um, but then I think when I, when I was ready to start the brand, um, I kind of wanted to like reclaim that name in in a way, you know, and just kind of bring it back to like that traditional French pronunciation and the meaning um, and kind of spin what what had been kind of like forced on to me in in some sort of a way, you know? And so um, essentially, yeah, I just like, so I started out with the brand name Just Shea and then I applied for the trademark for that took like a year of like processing and then ended up getting rejected for likelihood of confusion. Um, And then I was like, all right, I need to pivot, but I still want to incorporate Shay in some type of way. Um, Went through a couple iterations of the name and then worked with my lawyer 
and ultimately came up with Shay Ryan. And he was like, yo, that could work. Like just based on what he was doing, seeing in his search, um, you know, that would get approved. And then also like, just like the ring of it, it's a little bit ambig- amb- ambiguous, sorry. Um, you know, meaning at the home of nothing. Right. I, I kind of leave it up to interpretation for people. I think I like that ambiguity in it. I like that it sparks a little bit of conversation when people see it. You know, it, it, it's kind of a talking point. And then also, I just think overall, I try to center the brand around that idea of home. because that's what it really means deeper down is just like how home can mean more than just a place. And I really try to explore that. Um, through like the campaigns, through how we interact with the community. And like, I think all of that represents home and these feelings that people have that feel like home. So that's what it really kind of comes down to. Oh, damn. Yeah. Damn, great home story. Home of nothing. Home of no <laughs> Yeah. That is far. So Appreciate for that. you, and I, where, do you draw, where do you draw the inspirations to create some of the pieces you've made thus far? Because... Um, when I look at your work and I look at the pieces you put out thus far, it's very, in terms of like colors, you choose a very great selection of like different colors and different like patterns um, when it comes to your particular pieces. So what's that process look like for you when creating these particular pieces? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would say there's definitely a wide variety of inspiration for me. Um, you know, it could be anything from like interiors. I'm always just observing when I'm walking around or like, looking at different things, love looking at texture. That could be like a chair and like the upholstery or a rug. Like the, the my, ro- my most recent vest, I literally have like a variegated bright color rug in my bedroom. And I was like, yo, like what if I threw something like that on, you know, a piece? So right. I think it's, it's a wide variety. Um, for example, those first like knit polos I dropped last year, the Aglaonema knit polos. Um, that's literally from an aglaonema leaf. So I took like, which was like one of my favorite plant house plants in my crib. I took like a scan of the patterns on the leaf and then did like an image trace. Um, and then from there, like created that visual pattern that was ultimately like blown up on the shirt. So I love like nature. I love things that don't feel too perfectly clean cut. I think that's something you probably can notice a lot in a lot of the knits that we do, a lot of like abstract patterns and things that are just a little bit, you know, take something classic and put a little spin on it. Um, And then overall, I would say like, there's definitely some trends that I kind of play into a little bit. I think that's inevitable. Um, Trends have always been around. I think for me, it's more about understanding what your brand filter is and making sure that a trend that, you know, you're going to play into a little bit really is authentic and fits what you really truly like. Um, so for example, I would say like, I mean, you know, like the soccer jerseys are huge right now, right? Everyone's, everyone's doing the soccer jersey. Yeah. You got the fly hint one, 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 one right out. now. Shout out Kevin. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll say like, for me, like, I think it looks fly. I think it looks dope, but that's not something I would play into because it wouldn't be authentic for me. You know, I don't really know anything about soccer. I was always like a skate rat type of kid don't have any connections to the team or the culture. So I think that's something where it's like, I'll watch that trend. I might appreciate it. I might cop one for myself, but I think it's, it comes down to just understanding what your brand filter is and making sure um, it fits within your identity and it's authentic. So. Word. Yeah. Now, you know, 
you've put together some you know great imagery when it comes to the rollout for these particular pieces that you've made thus far um for you what's the process when it comes to putting together a team to you know display a particular piece at the best as capability mm-hmm. like what's that process look like for you yeah so i have like a pretty consistent team of guys i've i've been working with um bunch of just like the homies from philly super scrappy team we're really all just like trying to make it happen um which i love you know there's nothing no like crazy huge production or anything it's just like my homie who does videos like working with him and then i'll kind of like edit the videos from there myself um but overall i think it's just about like i try to be as clear as possible when we're setting up the campaigns um some of them are a little more organic in nature like some of the more documentary style ones where i'm like showing like a musician or something um you know it'll be just kind of like letting them do their thing and following them throughout the day versus um the last campaign for example i knew i wanted more of like a beachy nature vibe in contrast to like all the urban vibes i've had so far um and so that being said i kind of scouted some locations i knew like the delaware beaches had a lot of nice beautiful scenery in terms of like the east coast so went down there mm-hmm. um i think it's just about understanding what the purpose of the campaign is and that kind of dictates you know how much work has to go into the prep versus like just letting it flow on set is this something as far as for the brand itself like when did you exactly know for like for yourself like this was it yeah, yeah. this was it like as in the do. midst of you you know creating this brand and you doing your first pieces like when was that thing in your mind where i was like okay i can really do something with this mm. it's interesting so i would say like i would say honestly probably not until like i've always kind of believed in myself and believed that you know, anything I really put my mind to, I'll be able to achieve. I think that's something that Drumline taught me a lot, um, just with, like, the dedication, the amount of work I put in to, like, reach a very high level in that activity. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in terms of specifically the brand, though, I definitely had some moments, like, starting out where it was just tough. You know, wasn't getting the engagement I really wanted. It was hard to was struggling and getting the pieces made, learning how to, like, manufacture products and, um, taking like I would have great ideas and then try to make a sample and it just wouldn't execute the way I wanted so I think the first time I really felt like all right I'm getting somewhere was honestly the sweater drop I did in February the trunk mohair sweater um, that's when I got like yeah. the first major like engagement from an audience um, sales wise as well it was like okay like it's not just like my homies copping stuff. It's like people are really interested in the product and they see value in something I've created. So I think that was definitely motivating. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Frederick Scott because he's like a big mentor for me. Like I talk to him like almost daily. Um, and like I was at a point yeah. in the brand like last lap. Yeah, he's awesome. Loved your interview with him as well. But um yeah Yeah, i was at a point in the brand like almost a year ago now like last october had already dropped like the knit polos barely sold any of those lost a ton of money on that um had invested a ton of money in the brand just wasn't seeing a return was just struggling and then like i talked to him like bro like what am i doing wrong you know i feel like i have a great vision i feel like my campaigns look great but i'm just struggling 
and like having like a sit down for like a couple hours with him and him just like giving me game like just shifting my whole mindset the whole way I go about doing things um and I, I want to give major thanks to him because I think I was at a point where I was ready to kind of like just stop or take a major like pause on the brand so um I think yeah these last couple of drops have proven you know that I can really make something out of this and put his on the gas now so yeah shout out yeah he um he's great he definitely you know just if you if you ask him a question he's gonna get back to you like he yeah. he answered a lot of my questions about some stuff and yeah, he's a good dude shout out frederick scott man what's been your favorite piece you've made mm-hmm. thus far favorite piece would definitely be just like my most recent drop um the best i dropped um i would say this is the first drop where i've really like been fully satisfied with the product at the end of the day like i can look back and be like all right like i'm really really happy with this there's always like little things that didn't fully execute the way i wanted but in terms of like timelines like i just had to get something out but i think this last drive was like there were some roadblocks on the way but overall you know um looking back i'm really happy with how the campaign came out i'm happy with the product itself Um, so i think yeah, definitely most proud moment so far. Without the roadblocks, though, you wouldn't have learned anything. You know what I mean? Then oh, the yeah. next time you have the same roadblocks, you'd have been like, you know, exactly how to, you yeah. know, get over them, bro. So exactly. it's all about the process. It's all about, all about for the process. sure. And I love, man, I love the rollout for, especially the video for when like homies just walking down the boardwalk and just like bumps into the dude and the ice cream yeah. spills on him. He's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. bro, <laughs> yeah. my mom just bought me this, bro. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, homie just come out of nowhere, like, hey, yo, I got you, B. Like, hey, yeah. here you go. But no, nah, I just love that because I can just tell, like, just watching that video, it definitely comes from a, like an authentic place mm-hmm. of like a, from a direction standpoint. So yeah, no, nah, the rollout was perfect for that. Um, uh, I appreciate now for that. you, of course, bro. Now, just for the future, do you do you have goals of wanting to go like brick and mortar at some mm-hmm. point, like, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I definitely that would be a dream one day. Um, not not anywhere near that right now, but I think once we're financially mm-hmm. able to do that, that would be definitely a major goal to have at least one like flagship. Um, I think in person experiences and connections are key especially as a brand, like this is something I learned early on, like when I dropped my beanies, um, it's hard to like fully display like the quality or like, you know, what, how the product really feels and the experience you're going to have when you open that product online. Uh, I think when someone can walk in and touch something, it's like, oh yeah, like this is, this is it, you know? So I think from that perspective and then also just community building, um, I think having some type of in, in person presence is definitely important. Um, I do. I would love to get like some retail partnerships as well um, with like some niche boutiques. Um, I think that would just be dope to get the product, you know, in some uh, local shops as well. So. Now, I don't believe you've done any collaborations thus far, but do you see yourself wanting to um, go that route um, with the brand at some point, mm-hmm. uh, like a collaboration with another brand? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think collaborations are dope. Love when people can kind of bring something together um and create something new so definitely would love to get some collabs going i've been kind of talking to some people as well so maybe next year we'll, we'll see something pop up but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, hey, hold it down hold it down hold it down yo. Oh, shit. yo so um and 
you know, I'm curious too, um, for you at least, um, and before we get you out of here, of course, um, what are some goals for not only the brand, but also for yourself personally that you want to accomplish for the years of? Yeah, so I think personally, um, really just getting a little more comfortable in my, my current career at Gap, um, really make some great impact on the business. I feel like everything I'm learning there, you know, as well, obviously it's a little bit of a different aesthetic and market, but in terms of just overall business sense, I'm learning a ton and that's really applicable to my business. So um, really just driving the boys business there and bringing new fresh ideas to that um, just to kind of give Gap a real revamp. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, no, Um, Gap, they low key Gap, Gap low key coming back. I can see it. I can, I can feel it in the air. I can hear Man, they're coming, dude. Yeah, one yeah, of my favorite pairs. Yeah, you got some good stuff. Good basics, really good basics. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely leveled up over the past couple of years. We had some some great designers in here mm-hmm. as well that would like bring in dope stuff. But um, yeah, so that's I guess a, a one big goal. Um, and then other than that, I think um, I just moved to New York in March for work um, from the Philly area. So I think just getting out of my comfort zone a little bit more networking, you know, I think the difference between New York and Philly, Philly's like you meet one person and like you have so many mutuals with them. Like anyone that's remotely doing something similar to what you're doing or like in that kind of creative bubble, you know, it's really easy to kind of connect with them. It's like, oh, you know, so-and-so this and that in New York, I found it's like, everyone's doing something so to kind of get in somewhere i feel like i have to put myself out there a little bit more so that's going to be a big goal to just network you know gain some more like homies and uh yeah just just get out there a little more i've been a little bit in my shell i would say um but other than that uh, i think just yeah applying more structure and strategy to the brand and making sure i'm doing all the right things to you know ensure growth Yeah. Hey, that's congratulations on your move. Um, congratulations, congratulations on the new job. Yeah. yeah, you definitely gotta get out there and network. If you know, you got a you know real ass job. You meet other people with like real ass jobs now, and you guys, exactly. you never know who you might meet. So yeah, definitely for get sure. out there. No, for real, man. But yo, Chris, man, it was truly, truly a pleasure to have you on today, man. Um, it was so dope just to hear about your background story, and then also your overall process when it comes to creating the pieces you've been able to make thus far with your brand and so it was a really true pleasure to have you on man so thank you yeah man i, I really appreciate y'all this was it's awesome for sure so good luck with the pod i'll be listening hey appreciate hey, it hey perfect man hey. now before yeah. you go where can the people follow you as well as the brand um so the brand is sherian c-h-e-z-r-i-e-n um that's on social mainly instagram and then my personal page is Shay Jackson, C H E Z J A C K S O N. Perfect. Well, you heard it from the man himself, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Vanity Podcast. We are